0: So, speaking of growing up, those of you who know know me well, I grew up on a farm, and um, while growing up on a farm, it gave me the opportunity to see God's creation, and see it and learn about it in in so many different ways that uh, I would not have understood uh, God's creation uh, so succinctly and clearly uh, to actually work the land. And so we had a 500-acre farm, my family did, Um, my dad and I didn't, but um, our family did. And uh, there was a couple of ways that we planted crops. The first one you'll see on the screen is that that was called drilling. Uh, You don't hear that word often, but what it is is the plants or the seed is planted in a row, It is planted precisely, it is spaced out uh, apportionately the way that the particular plants that are being planted, um, uh, they are planted by this precise method in a row, Um, and so it's called either drill or row planting. And we had a lot of crops uh, that were done that way, Uh, tobacco, uh, corn, uh, cotton. Um, in fact, uh, I am one of those that uh, we didn't have a cotton picker as far as a machine. I was a cotton picker. So uh, you put a, a bag across your shoulder and you got a penny a pound. Do you know how much daggone cotton it takes to weigh a pound? It's like, man. So those are crops in the rows, One of the other things that we did on the farm was called broadcasting. And you'll see that on the screen. And so, literally, you would broadcast the seed across the soil. It was not precise. It could be done very easily, Um, And and this was done uh, wheat or barley or rye or often we would broadcast to do overcast. In other words, crop over. So you would have planted a crop and we would broadcast seed to do a cover crop over it. And so those are are different ways that we planted on the farm. Interesting, um, Jesus grew up as a carpenter's helper. But man, he talks a lot about planting and harvesting and agriculture as he is teaching during those three years. And so this morning, as we continue in this parables, the parables of Jesus, we're going to move back to Luke's gospel. So this will be the fourth parable in our series that we have been uh, preaching on. The first was in Luke's gospel. We moved to Matthew for the last two Sundays, and now we're back to Luke chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles and want to turn there, uh, that would be great. I'll be, I'm will be i going to pick up with verse 4, but it's verse 5 on the screen, I think. Uh, I don't think I went all the way back. Maybe I did. Yeah, I did. So uh, verse 4 uh, through 15. So hear this, the word of God this morning as we um, begin. When a large crowd was coming together and those from various cities were journeying with him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road. And it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell on the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil, and it grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples began to question him as to what this parable meant. And he said to them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is a parable, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes it away, takes away the word from their, their heart, so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no firm root. They believe for a while and in time temptation, uh, the time of temptation fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worry and riches and pleasures of this life. And bring no fruit to maturity. But... The seed and the good soul, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold fast and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. For you are our strength and our redeemer. I pray, Father, that you would illuminate through the power of your Holy Spirit our hearts this morning to hear exactly what you would have for us to hear through this holy word. We pray this in your name. Amen. My guess, if I was to have you raise your hands, you would say, oh, yes, I've heard this parable, and I've heard it preached, and I've heard it explained, and I've uh, been in Bible studies where this parable has been shared, and I know everything about this parable. I know everything about it. It is interesting to me, though, and I hope maybe you have experienced the same thing, is that if you really allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you read God's Word or you hear God's Word preached, you will begin, even though you may have heard this a hundred times in your life, maybe this morning God will reveal something to you through His Scripture that He wants you to hear today. The Scripture tells us that His Word is sharper than a two-edged sword. So my hope this morning is That as we, me and you, and those online worshiping with us live, would hear God's word and let it challenge us once again to what he wants us to hear today. And so what I want to do this morning is instead of kind of retelling the story I want to do three things. I want us to look at three things. I want us to look at the seed, the soil, and the sower this morning. I want us to look at those three things. And so first is the seed. If you have followed along already in the parables, and if you know anything about Jesus' ministry thus far, and we're doing these parables in chronological order in his ministry, Jesus has already been healing He has already raised from the dead. He has already cast out demons. And people are following him. Our text this morning says, you know, when a large crowd was coming together, they had come together from various cities, and and they were coming together to see this carpenter, this uh, rabbi, this, this person that they had heard about. And they were interested in what he was saying, and Jesus was preaching what the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand, and so he begins to speak in parables. And as I said, we've we've looked at three. This is the fourth one uh, this morning, and and so this kingdom that he is talking about and teaching about and all of these miracles that he has done, it seems to be that, okay, his means to grow the kingdom of God is a little bit flawed. Why didn't this great prophet just call down the angels from heaven, the armies to come and just go through the world and share the gospel to proclaim that the kingdom of God was at hand? Why didn't he just do supernatural means in some way to say, okay, all of you that do not believe, you're going to believe in me, zap. But he didn't do that. He talked about this tiny seed, just this little seed that's going to be planted and it's going to do something for the kingdom of God. It is amazing how God works. And so, no, the kingdom of God was not going to be this wonderful, some supernatural means that God was going to do through Jesus as he came. He was going to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Be baptized. But then Jesus says, but, but wait a minute. Um, you know, not everybody's going to understand so, I'm speaking in parables to some because the kingdom is not ready. They are not ready. But for you, disciples, I want you to understand what I'm saying. And so, he then begins to talk about the seed. And so, what is the seed that's going to be planted? What is this Secret ingredients that Jesus is talking about that's going to further the kingdom of God, going to build the kingdom of God, that's going to be the root for the world. And he says in verse 11, the seed is the word of God. That's the seed. The seed is the word of God. It is the gospel. It is the gospel proclaimed? It is the gospel that's supposed to be proclaimed from Jerusalem to Samaria and to the ends of the world. This is what we have been commanded to do, to preach the gospel. And this is the seed that would germinate the kingdom here on earth. This is the seed that will take hold in hearts. This is the seed that will make a difference. For the kingdom. God's word will expand, will flourish. As people hear and respond, hear me, church, to the call of God. To the call of God. Now, we can underestimate the importance of this statement, and many do, uh, some point in other directions. There are those, even Christians today, that you won't see them say much or do much with this. Sometimes I wonder if some Christians are ashamed of the word or they're afraid of how somebody might look at them if they proclaim Jesus and say, let me tell you what God's word says. Others today will use other or look to other means besides God's Word. They will look at ritual or liturgy and say, oh, this is what's important to emphasize. This is what's going to grow the kingdom, music. Even some will point to the sacraments. Oh, baptism and communion, that's what's important to proclaim. This is what's going to further the kingdom of God. There are others that face difficulty in this world, and we know that there are hardships in this world that come because of the world that we live in. There's crisis that happens, disease that happens. There is heartache. And so many times we try to come alongside someone and help them through what they're going through and never bring up the Word of God and what God's Word says for us to hear, for us to share. They forget that the kingdom of God only comes through changed hearts. It comes through changed hearts. Unless our society, unless our world today has a change in their heart for Jesus, Jesus, And allow Jesus to rule in their life. They will continue to be separated from the kingdom of God. All of these things that I mentioned are excellent things to be a part of your walk with Christ. We celebrate the sacraments. We, we come along some uh, that are ha- those that are in heartache. We, we share with one another. And the downtrodden we try to lift up and come alongside of. Those who uh, need someone to lift them up or encourage them. We try to do that. And that is great. But this seed that Jesus is talking about is his word. It's about proclaiming the word of God. And I would tell you that if God's word, that seed, isn't a part of your walk, then whatever else you might be proclaiming is going to be and can be an empty vessel. Jesus in this parable is talking about the word of God. This is the seed. It is interesting as Mark is writing at the beginning of his gospel and Jesus has done these miracles and people are coming to him to be healed and, and Peter says to him, um, hey Jesus, there's a crowd outside. Um, they're out here for you to, to come out and take care of some things. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. And and so this is what Jesus says to Peter. He says, nope, dude, not go do it. In fact, what we're going to do is we're going to leave the house and we're going to other villages. And this I won't, won't paraphrase. We are going to other villages so I can preach the kingdom of God there as well. And then he says this, this is why I have come. I'm going to other villages, other cities, other places to preach the word. This is why I have come. He had come to preach the word. And all of the other, the... the casting out of demons, the, the raising of the dead, the, the miracles that Jesus performed. Those were great, and, and, and they were good, but it didn't and wouldn't put an end to heartache or terrorism or injustice or poverty or starvation. Listen to me. The Word is Personal. And so what the Word does is personal. It forgives. It brings about faith. It gives us understanding and discipline and discipleship in Christ. It is the Word that changes. As God works through His Word in our life, we become more and more like Him. And so as much as we want to think about Oh, the masses are changed. Well, the masses are only changed one person at a time. We look at some of the great crusades and the uh, times when uh, uh, the great awakening of the 1800s and even the Billy Graham crusades of the 20th century of, of masses coming. Billy Graham and Billy Sunday, they all preached... You individually hear the word of God. And as you hear the word of God and God calls you to himself, surrender to him. It is a personal relationship. And and Jesus is preaching this radical change individually. The word does call for social and justice, social reform and, and justice. It it is a seed of revolution because when this seed of God's word is implanted in our hearts, it will cause us to live differently than the world. It will bring about transformation. The Apostle Paul, as he was writing to the Church of Rome, said this about the seed, this word of God in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing and hearing By the word of Christ. And so this this word is important. This seed of God's word is important. And we need to understand what the seed is. Now before we go to the soul, I just want to mention a couple of things. To kind of just reiterate this importance of the seed in our hearts being planted. There is no way that you're probably not sitting here, even if you're not a news person, that you have not seen several events over the last seven days. Uh, The war with Ukraine and Russia continues to be frontline headlines. Uh, We have watched... Uh, the war between Hamas and Israel take place. We have seen that plastered across the news. We watched, and some of us even uh, got into this, I can't turn off the TV to see what's next about what was going on in Maine uh, with uh, Robert Card and the shooter as the shooter there uh, killing a, a number of people. And, and we watch that, and we think despair, despair, division, war. And it hurts. It's hurtful to watch as death takes place, as people are uh, inflicting evil upon someone else. But what about the gospel in these situations? What does this parable have to say about those situations? How does it apply? And I will tell you that unless the seed, the word of God, takes hold in transformation in someone's life, then this will happen. The power that you desire, the control or vengeance that you want to unleash is unleashed by ways of the world and by evil instead of living in peace with your brother, desiring reconciliation with your brother or sister. The individual heart has to be changed for there to be a change in the world in our life. And so. As we look at all the heartache. That's taking place. We need to pray that the very. seed of God will infiltrate. The hearts of people. That people will come to Christ. And that is the only thing. That will change the world. Too often. The power of the cross is overlooked. We. We. We are people beyond the cross, people that are post-crucifixion, those who have uh, post-Pentecost where the very Spirit of God has come to indwell in us. And so we need to live into the love and the peace and the hope. And we need to share, be a servant of God in sharing this seed of God's word with others. So seed. The Seed is God's word. Secondly, Jesus talks about soil here. And, you know, you could get a bunch of experts up here and a bunch of agriculturalists and they would be able to, to tell you techniques of planting better than even I could and, and all of these different ways. And there's... Jesus says there's four types of soil that he mentions here. There's others that would come and say, oh, there's many types of this and that. And here in his parable, there's one sower, four different ends, one seed, four different ends. But it's not about the technique. It's actually about that that is being sowed, which is the seed seed. And and so this seed is being broadcast, Jesus says. In other words, it's being spread, and, and you'll see on the the screen. There's four different soils that he mentions here: the 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 path, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and then the good soil. And, and I just want to to talk about that just for a minute about these soils that that take the seed. The sower doesn't. Jesus parable for the right soul. In other words, in the parable, when the seed is cast, got to keep that word in mind, the seed is God's word. So when the seed is cast, it's cast on all four souls. So if you look at the story, there's only 25% of the seed that is cast That comes to fruition. That takes hold and comes and multiplies into what Jesus calls a hundredfold. It is so interesting to look at this parable. And so at first glance, it appears that well, the word or the seed is being wasted. Why would 75% of the seed be of very little or no use? I can imagine people that had flocked to Jesus, that he is hearing him speak in this parable, and and they're thinking, wow, you know, I, I thought he was going to do some healings today. I thought he was going to do this. And here he's talking about seed falling on a path and rocky soil. I don't have time for this. Just go, I think I'm going to leave. I don't understand what this man is saying. And so Jesus, as the disciples are even kind of in that camp, Jesus, I don't understand what you just said. Can you explain it to me? And he does. And and he says, you know, there are all sorts of people here. There are these who... The, the hear the word of God, and he says, but the devil comes and takes it out of their heart. And he, he says, and they don't believe and they're not saved. And if we believe that, and we should, and if it's true, and it is, then we need to be praying for those that hear the word of God And know that the devil is on the perch wanting to take that very seed, that word, out of their life. We need to be praying for the lost. We actually need to be sharing that word with the lost and asking God to do his wonders. Jesus says there's those that hear the word and they have some joy, but it's largely superficial. There's an adrenaline rush that takes place, and you may have known someone that um, in the moment, maybe in the excitement of the call to surrender their life, gave, said, I gave my life to Christ, but there's no evidence, there's no change, there's no transformation. It was a momentarily experimental Relationship that did not take hold. And then Jesus says there's those that they hear the word and might be some change in their life, but because of the world, because of the pleasures, because of those habits that is pulling them back into the world, because of their self-righteousness, they... Really don't necessarily repent, or if they did, they began to ignore the gospel and the spirit, spirituality that God is calling them to doesn't come to any fruition. And so we, we see all of, of these different souls that where the word is taking uh, is being broadcast and spread. And what we see is that Jesus says, there's, there's one soul where the seed will fall that is fertile. It, there is one soul where the seed will fall that is, it is going to bring about a ripeness, a, a hold, a, a firm foundation. There's going to be roots that take place. These people, their hearts are, are, are good to the point that they want what God has. They want the seed to come into their life, the seed to bring them food, the seed to nourish their walk. They want to be patient and have endurance in this walk. They persevere into the work that God has called them to. And so here we see that The seed has been broadcast, and in this case, on fertile soil, it has taken root. And it produces, Jesus says, a hundredfold. And you need to realize what has happened now. Everything has come full circle. Everything has come full circle. Because here's what has happened. The seed has been cast, has been broadcast... And that seed takes hold and begins to grow and to nourish. It takes root in the believer's heart. And then they begin to produce fruit. And how do they produce fruit? By sowing the seed themselves. So you see, it's not just receiving the seed. It's not just coming to Christ, and that's a great thing. Your salvation in Christ, if you are truly Christ, is secure. But God has called us as a people, as a kingdom people, to be more than just, I got mine, I ain't worried about yours. He calls us to share the gospel, to be sowers of the seed, the word of God, so that there is fruit. And what does the scripture say? You will be known by your fruit. And so we are to bear fruit in walking with Christ. So let me finish the last one. You've got seed, the word of God. You've got the soul. And the soul that Jesus says is going to be the best receptive is that that is receptive in allowing it to take hold and root, growing to fruition, To bear fruit itself. And then you come to the sower. And what do we discover in this parable about the sower? Well, Jesus says, And the sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed. I mean, does he... he didn't say anything else. All he says is there's a sower and the sower goes out to sow. That's all he says. So what can we assume by his parable in talking about the sower? Well, I would give to you that there's two critical factors here. The first thing we see is that the sower isn't the critical factor. (laughs) Though we play a part as the sower, the critical factor is that we sow the seed and that the seed must bear fruit. In other words, the receptive person of the seed is because someone was willing to sow. You have to have the, the willingness to be the sower, but what is important and critical is what you are sowing, which is the seed. And the seed is the word of God. I hope that encourages you. Because Jesus is saying, look, you don't have to be Marty and have uh, a master's of divinity degree or a doctorate. You, in, in fact, you can be someone who has come to Christ and given your life, and you have begun to take the depth in of the word, and because God has called you, and you have the depth of his word in you, that you're going to become a sower. It doesn't say you have to be a great evangelist. It doesn't say that you have to be, uh, have the, the gift of preaching, or evangelism, or prophecy, or being a, any of those gifts. They, if you have them, that's great. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're supposed to be a sower. You're supposed to sow the word of Christ to others. You simply point people to Christ. And by your life, and by you sharing the word, God begins to do his work. Secondly, I believe for the sower, uh, spreading this seed can be done everywhere and by any means. The broadcaster here is not planting in rows. In fact, he or she is not even specific in this parable in saying, I'm going right here and I'm going to plant the word right here. In this case, Jesus is saying, hey, wherever you live today, whatever you're doing today, wherever you're at, McDonald's, work, home, neighborhood, when you get up tomorrow morning, Monday, the 30th of October, how are you going to share and spread, sow those seeds of the word? It can be done anywhere. And it can be done by any means. Now, a few years ago or a number of months ago, we talked about three circles. And three circles being a technique of sharing the gospel. Um, I've talked about evangelism explosion, which I went through that training a hundred years ago. Uh, there's the four spiritual laws, there's the Alpha program, there's many different programs to teach you how to share God's word. And they're good. They have a good purpose. You can learn those things and they will help you share the word. But please don't use that as a crutch. I can't share the word. I can't be a sower of the word because I haven't gone through the training. If you're a believer... So God's word. I've told you many times, you have an example. You have a witness. Tell what Christ has done for you. What Christ has done for you. Billy Graham, all the crusades, all the things that we we watch and see people do. God is calling us to, to be one of those people. And we may not be to the masses or on TV or in the pulpit at Hope or somewhere else preaching the gospel to masses, but God calls us to be a sower and a sower everywhere, sowing that seed, letting it fall, and again, letting God do his work. So, I'm going to finish, I promise. Story, an example. So, a pastor went, um, he was brought into a church, and he was going to help them explore their talents and their gifts and and how they were to uh, share the gospel, uh, how they could share the gospel. And so, he was meeting with this group before the class, and there were several there, and there was this lady named Annie. And um, so, he said, Annie, how do you share the gospel? She said, Man, I don't have any talent, I don't have any gifts. Uh, what I do is the only thing I can see that, that God has given me, I know how to bake cookies. And she says, so when anything goes on at the church, I bake cookies and bring tea. That's what I do. And he said, you need to think about how God might want to use your cookie baking and tea making for his purpose and for his kingdom. And so he went on and taught that class and finished and A year later, he came back. They invited him back to to kind of check up on things. And so one of the members that were there said, before you leave, you need to go see Annie. And you remember Annie, she was the cookie maker. And he said, yes, the one that said she had no gift to share to God. So after the meeting was over, They took him down the street, and Annie, across from her apartment complex, was a basement. And and she had gone to the landlord of that building and said, have you got any plans for your basement? She said, there's all these kids that are out on the street after school, and I bake cookies, and I thought maybe I could invite them in off the street. And give them tea and cookies before they went home. And he said, Sure, you can have a space. This is a year later now. Pastor walks down and they're taking him to, and he's introduced to Annie again, and Annie's smiling. And so the, the, the first room they go to, there's kids there that are being tutored by other students. Uh, They walk down this hallway, and there's another room where uh, a symposium down the, the street that has music students has been brought in to teach music to these kids that were on the street. And he walks to another room, and there's Bibles everywhere. And there's people instructing not only the kids, but adults. And in every room, there's tea and cookies. I don't know what God has called you specifically to to do or how to use your gifts, but he has called us all to the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. He has called us all and given us a gift as the body of Christ to upbuild that body of Christ for him. He has called us to spread this seed, to scatter the seed, folks, to be sowers of the word. To broadcast it everywhere and then let God do the rest. And he will. He just wants us to be faithful. Are you sowers of the word? Father, thank you again for the opportunity to just break open your word this morning. In this parable, Jesus has told us that the, the word, the seed is the, is the word, and this word is to be scattered and spread and shared, and it falls, and sometimes it falls where it doesn't germinate. But Father, when it does fall in the good soil, it takes hold, and it multiplies, and it bears fruit, and that fruit is those who now hear the word of God again. And so I just pray as a church, I pray as individuals, uh, followers of Jesus Christ, Father, our church would be about sharing the word, sharing the seed to all that we meet and however those means may unfold each day as we walk with you. May it be so, Father. This is important stuff. This is kingdom stuff. And so, Father, we want to be faithful. Use us as you see fit. May we be pliable and willing to share and spread the seed. We pray this in your name. Amen.